Blog Talk Radio. was able to dig up to discover that they were having some money problems. 
but the defense team chose not to put him on the stand. What did you make of that? Well, um, I I really don't have an opinion one way or another, although it is, in my experience as a court reporter, um, unusual for someone not to place anyone on the stand. By law, they do not have to take the stand on their behalf, but oftentimes there are people that are brought onto the stand to serve as character witness. In this case, they were very confident that um, they were they were confident that they could convince the jury there was not enough evidence and therefore proceed it that way. All right, five-time pro bowler Irving Fryer, five years in prison. He'll now, what's so interesting about this, uh, David, is, you know, five years, he claims in actuality he was, you know, duped by a con artist. 53 years old, wide receiver from University of Nebraska, so he played for the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Redskins. Um, anything, you know, no one is above reproach. However, um, he knew he was getting into something where money was involved, and I would think he would have done a little bit more to be careful that he didn't go to jail. David, no? I mean. Well, well, I, you know, Stacy, a couple of things here is interesting to me. First of all, you know, here's a guy who's a minister of the gospel, first of all. And like you said, he got his mother, you know, he brought his mother into this. You know, he, he didn't disclose to the other banks that, that, he, was, that he was doing this. And, and so I, I just, I, anything that you get your family involved and you put your family in harm's way, I think is, is just despicable behavior. Not only this. It was an interesting twist to this is that I know a little bit about Irving Fryer because several years ago he was looking for a home church, and it's a church in West Philadelphia that I go to sometimes when I'm in Philly where a good friend of mine is a pastor, but when they were looking for a pastor, they were trying out pastors. So Irving Fryer was given a tryout at the same time my friend was given a tryout, and the, the congregation wound up choosing my friend over uh, Irving Fryer as, as the pastor of that church. Uh, obviously, the uh, congregation knows something about character, and they, they made a good decision. But anytime you get your family involved, your mom involved in something like that, it's just despicable behavior. Outrageous. Um, Stephen. Can you imagine, you know, this? He's, he's almost like a local, I'm sorry, I'm just reading, he's almost like a local star. You know, he started for Rancocas Valley High School, Mount Howley, New Jersey. Then he went to Nebraska, first overall pick in the 1984 NFL draft by the New England Patriots, you know, and then pastor of a church. Uh, this is according to NBC10.com. I mean, like you said, you know, this is a star story. This is this is a man who, you know, had a great football career in high school, college, pro, and then left and became a minister. And then for him to be found guilty of conspiracy and theft by deception, what would he need that money for? I don't know what he, what he would need the money for, but I would like to know, does he have a, a past, you know, criminal record? Because I've never heard of him doing anything wrong. And maybe at 53, he he did get duped in a way. Maybe something did happen. Maybe it's not 
on him. Maybe he didn't think he was doing something wrong. That's why he didn't take the plea deal, probably, was he thought he was in the right. And I can, they can sentence him however they want, five years, ten years. But I think all of it should be, you know, you should be at home. Put him on probation. I, like I said, I don't know if he's ever done anything. That, that he, I don't know if he's ever been to jail. But if you're taking a man with no priors and you're going to put him in jail, to me it just doesn't make any sense. He's not hurting anybody. He's not a threat to society. Why does he have to go behind bars? Why can't he do it whatever 20 months at home? Because he's not going to serve the whole five they years, probably, I don't think. The deal, the deal probably was that they offered him where he maybe didn't. I mean, I don't know what the deal was that they offered him, but they probably offered him a deal where he probably didn't have to go to jail. Right, they may may have, but they would right. have. He would have said I was guilty, and he didn't want to say he was guilty because he didn't think he was guilty. Maybe, you know, maybe he really doesn't think he did anything wrong. Maybe he was duped, and you know, maybe he took a lot of hits to the head. Who knows? And he could fall for something. Nobody knows. But I, I've yet to hear of him doing anything wrong in the past. So I think it's kind of harsh to put somebody in in jail who's never committed a crime and they're fifty three years old. I don't think he needs well, to be coming. That's why I said, huh? This is what the justice system does. Uh, there is plenty of, uh, what is this? There are plenty of people in jail for petty crimes that should not be yeah, serving mandatory sentences. I mean, yeah, I guess he with all these. He definitely should be required to, you know, do some sort of compensation back or get to the bottom of that. But to do five years is. It's a little harsh, and I think it's pretty interesting that David's friend's church did not pick him. I wonder what type of flag they they got by not picking him or what made them not choose him. Aguna, do you want to talk about it? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think, I mean, there should have been some punishment, maybe a fine, but, you know, the justice system is designed to, as a also a profit, you know, as a revenue generation for, you know, government as well. So, yeah, this is a, I think it is a, a kind of a white-collar crime. But, yeah, especially at the state level. But, I mean, this is, he did break the law. So, there, you know, he he broke the law. You know, to say that he kind of got duped into it is kind of, I think it's kind of a stretch just because he took out multiple lines of credit, multiple mortgages, multiple things. And, I mean, you know, maybe this was like a get-rich-quick scheme or something or whatever, but... I mean, that's just fraudulent behavior. And maybe I mean, you can go back and probably look at the documents, look at the, the tape to see if there was anybody else or pull his cell phone record. But I think he thought, you know, by creating that reasonable doubt that, you know, he could not tarnish his brand as well as get away with it because it is such a, a petty pr- crime. But at the same time, you know, he broke the law. And the law is the law for a reason. Um, well, I'm not sure I have any. I can't hear that, but I disagree about the law, the law, you broke the law, because that's a stretch. Uh, Just like I was about to say before I was cut off by a bunch of Republicans, how the justice system isn't uh, the justice system for us. This is another case. Wait, 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 who is us? Who is us? Who is us? Nobody's going to let you sit there and get away with that. Who is us? Who's us? Who is us? People that yes. look just like you and your mother. And who? And How's how do we look? How do we? Me like, and my mother look. 
Have a like family Negroes. Mother Lord. Like Negroes. Like your birthplace you is somewhere in like? Africa. So, and like what do you, I was your, saying, you, you and your mother and father look like, Todd? Well, a little Indian and a little Italian, a little uh, African-American. We're That's mixture. because you don't, so like nevertheless, you don't like your mother. That's because you hate okay. your mother, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Let me continue, radical Republican. I'm saying that the justice system, and we talked about this a little bit last week, how and the president talked about it as well, as you may remember, uh, how this has now become a system of a get-rich-each-state system by putting uh, people of color in jail for less than, than, than what they should be put in jail for, selling a little marijuana. Uh, now you get a mandatory sentence, five to ten years. What in the world is that? And, and, and so this is another situation where he should not be doing time. He should get probation for that and perhaps have to pay the monies back and that kind of a thing. But to put him in jail for five years, now his mother got three years probation, which I thought was much more fair. Even if he got five to six pro, uh, years probation, that would be more like fair. But America is simply not fair when it comes to people that look like Stacy and her mother. Well, maybe if you didn't hate yourself and you didn't hate your mother, you wouldn't say that you all look Italian and Indian. Go ahead, Aguna. (laughs) Yeah, so so part of this is, part of this is, you know, we as African Americans need to be a lot more involved in, you know, the political process as well as the judicial process. I mean, there's, there's a reason why certain judges get appointed. There's a reason why, you know, the justice system is the way it is. It's because there's why a certain – well, I mean, hey, we can start with voting, voter turnout, political oh, okay. involvement. There's, things, you there's a lot of things that we vote, can – going to throw you in jail. No, I'm not saying that. But if you're going you're gonna to point out a problem, you've got to look at this. You're pointing out a symptom of a bigger problem, as always. You're saying that, you know, because – I mean, if, what if Urban, you know, Urban Fire was white? Would you make the same argument? I think that, you know, the of part of the problem not. is, of course, of course he wouldn't, yeah, because, you know, part part of the problem, I mean, it's a greater problem in which, you know, these states, they do generate revenue off of, you know, their judicial system. I mean, you see it every day when you get a traffic ticket. You saw it in Ferguson where, you know, the police had targeted, you know, people just to, for tickets and citations just to collect revenue. You go in Washington, D.C., they have ticket cameras everywhere just because they, they, they try to cite the public in order to, gain, you know, money in general, at the lo- especially at the local municipal level. So, you know, one of the things you're saying is it's a, I think it may impact African Americans disproportionately to other ethnic groups. However, part of that is... What, wait, know, what was that again? Getting, I didn't hear that. It, it may it may impact. I said it may. Okay, so Uh-oh, because I think that's okay. a bigger I argument. Don't be scared of him, Aguna. Don't be scared of him. Not, I'm not scared of him. I just think... Don't be scared no, of Ty. I'm not scared of him. <laughs> I'm not scared of Ty, even though he is a bully. The best way to get rid of a bully, especially a liberal bully, is to stand up to him. So I'm not scared of him. <laughs> I don't want. I just want to point out a flaw in his argument because if he's just making a black-white issue, then of course it's going to become more about entitlement than it is, you know, how these municipal governments, you know, target citizens as a way to gain revenue. Now, if you're going, if your argument is that the the, the crime doesn't fit the punishment. You know, you still have to make 
you know, the, uh, the assumption that there's a crime has been committed. So, I mean, how are these laws passed? You know, there's a certain legislative process that happens. You know, we as African Americans can say that we are fully engaged in the, in the, in the process and these things are still happening. That, that's one argument, but I, you can't necessarily say that. You can't necessarily say that we're always turning out the vote, especially at the municipal level. I mean, we'll turn out okay. the vote in a presidential election, but you look at, you know, when you st- talk, talk about the state legislators, the municipal, and a lot of these judges that are making these calls that you, you know, you're complaining about, Ty, is because of, you know, we're, we're not fully engaged. So, of course, they, they, they tend to not go our way. But I think it's a greater problem than just our community. Okay, let's hear what Irvin Fryer himself had to say. Fryer learned today he'll spend five years in state prison. Fryer and his mother were convicted on charges they fraudulently obtained home equity loans totaling more than a million dollars. Fryer played for the NFL, of course, and for the Eagles back in the late 80s and 90s. After learning his fate, back in August, NBC10's Vaisikahema sat down one-on-one with him. But I'm going to go through. When the verdict was read, were, were you shocked? In my mind, yes, the verdict should have been not guilty. But I was not surprised. Fryer's 74-year-old mother was given three years of probation. After the sentencing, Fryer was taken into custody to begin serving his time. Wow. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, him starting out like that was indicative of how the Eagles would play against the Redskins, which is really bad. Stephen, congratulations. Your team won. Do you want to talk about how you stole the game? <laughs> I thought it was a great game. Um and I was you know, I was really optimistic about the Eagles and I've I I had Redskins with four points but I thought the Eagles might might win the game and like I said I was optimistic for the last few weeks thinking, you know, they may be okay, but I'm not as optimistic now. And I just you know, I got <laughs> I got some problems. You know, with Chip Kelly now, and you know the offensive line is bad. And before this game, last week before this game, another offensive lineman went down. So the offensive line did not doing they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Plus, they're getting people in there that don't even know what to do. So they're in a real bad situation. And and Chip Kelly's got to answer to a lot. And Sam Bradford, I just don't think he's your answer. I think you should have kept Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I respectfully disagree. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think Sam Bradford actually played better for, once again, we need to have a full game versus a half. I think Sam Bradford actually, in the first half, he wasn't seeing the field. There were people running open. I mean, the risk in secondary was decimated. So, I mean, they really should have been really going after these guys. But what ended up happening is you have you have poor execution. You had a lot of drop passes. You had, you had people who, you know, Sproles dropped a game-winning, you know, first-down catch that ended up going the opposite way and the Redskins ended up going for the go-ahead score just because and it came down to that execution. you got to be able to execute. Now, can you blame Chip Kelly – for the field goals being missed. I mean, I, I kind of blame him for the kicker situation because he knew that Parker, Cody Parkey, was um, hurt in the preseason. He stuck with him, and he didn't necessarily. And it cost us the Atlanta game. We missed a field goal. And now you look at in the um, in, in the Redskins game, we missed two field goals. The first two, he went and got this kicker from Miami who's never really kicked in a lot of stadiums around the league. You know, he could have gotten Novak, who's a veteran kicker who's had a little bit more experience. We went off. Yeah, this other guy, he ends up missing his first two kicks as the Eagle. It cost us four points. We lose by three points. 
So, I mean, a lot of it is just, you know, a lot of it is poor execution. I mean, Jason Peters got hurt during the game. I think overall, I mean, the plays are there. I mean, the people are open, but if you can't execute, you might as well, you know, you might as well forget about it because, I mean, there's, there's really well, no no excuse for that. But you know how you can blame Chip Kelly is? He got rid of a lot of players who wouldn't drop balls. I mean, he had good players. got rid of, you know, a lot of his best players, did he not? So, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, <laughs> if you if you get rid of players that drop balls, I mean, there's no way you can predict that. I mean, in practice, I mean, these guys, I mean, if, if these guys make a catch here or there, the Eagles are 3-1. We're not even having this conversation. But, you know, they these, you know, they, they're bad. I mean, we're talking about Sproles. Sproles drop balls. I mean, Sproles is also a playmaker. So, you can't yeah. be good with the bad with that. Now, Macklin, right, you, right. I mean, you may be able to argue – um, but, I mean, I think he still has some good possession receivers. You're not really giving up a lot by – I mean, he knew the system. He was a veteran in the, in the locker room. That can account for something. But at the same time, you know, you can't – these guys got to execute. And, you know, and you know, there's an assumption of professionalism that goes along with, you know, paying these guys to be professional football players, right? So you, you expect them to catch a ball when they're wide open. Now, Sam Bradford <laughs> has come on a little bit slow. I will admit yeah. that. I mean, he was like a deer in the headlights <laughs> early on in that game. But, I mean, people are open. I mean, the play calling is actually pretty good if you execute. I mean, yeah, but he's, a, I mean, he's kind of a veteran. He should be playing a little better than he is now. But I know his offensive well, line is terrible. And it, it's yeah, so you had you had Jason Peters, the Pro Bowl left tackle, go out in the right. game. You also had the number one round, round, round draft pick, um, Johnson, go out. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't account for that, but at the same time, you know, they they were in a position to win the game. Bradford, when he left the field, they were up. Now, the mm-hmm. defense didn't make a stop. There were some penalties on the last drive, so, you know, you just, it's kind of tough, but you well, see yeah, them, I, I know, you know, even in a position to win. For hmm. me, it reminds me of this song, This Great Negro Spiritual. Nobody oh, no. knows. The troubles I see. <laughs> All right. Anyway, corny. Oh, um, poor Guna. Let, let's sign. We can we can sign Serena. Maybe we can sign Serena. <laughs> well, see, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Chip Kelly's gonna have to own this just for everything that was said here. I mean, he wanted control of the team. He got rid of the players he didn't think fit into his team. So at the end of the day. If he, if the same fate befalls him that befell Matt Williams yesterday, uh, uh-huh. of the Nationals, the manager of the Nationals, then you know, so be yeah, it. He, he he asked for control of the team. Like you know, I knew Williams was out the door when I saw that fight in the dugout, and then he claimed later that he didn't know right. what was going on. It was all mm-hmm. over for him. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is the high expectations. You know, the Eagles fans going into this had a lot of high expectations. I was thinking Super Bowl, we, we rolled through the preseason. People were, you know, catching it or running up, racking up all these points. So you expected them to do more than what's happening. And they come out and they lose, they lose the teams that they – I mean, they lose games that they honestly should have won. They should have beat Atlanta. They should have beat, you know, the Cowboys. They should have beat <laughs> the Redskins. But obviously, you know, the scores don't don't reflect – you know, the level of talent that they assumed that they had. Now, do I think that – I, do I think they can recover? I think Chip Kelly has shown where he can recover from this type of situation. He's never had a losing season in the history 
uh, his in his whole coaching history, college and pros. I mean, he he obviously, you know, the question is, the you know, are the people that he got rid Did of? Did he make the right decision? You know, the, the wild card. Yeah, and and the thing is, what Eagles fans have to realize. Well, here's the thing. So he said last year, going ten and six and six and ten, missing the playoffs is the same thing. He has to take risk in order to get to the next level. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, I the thing that. is, Eagles fans want him to to win the way they want him to win, right? But that's not how you can do it in the league. You have to take risk. Now, whether those risks pan out or not remains to be seen. I think that, you know, we were one and three, but we're still one game out of first place in the division. The division's winnable, and you still – the team that has the most momentum, the Giants, you got, you got to play them twice. So there's the opportunity if they correct some things to still stay in this thing, but that's the thing. How does the team respond? Because you, you we all know how the – the Eagles media is. We all know that, you know, in Philadelphia they, they is doom and gloom until you prove otherwise. So I think sports talk radio and everything else will have an uh, impact on how these players, you know, confidence and things like that. So if they can rally around the team and bounce back, it's one thing. But if they let the, the media and ESPN <laughs> get in that locker room like they did with the T.O. situation, it's just going to go south real quick because I know Eagles fans that are talking about firing Chip Kelly. I don't know who yeah. they're going to replace him with. I mean, it's four games into the season, and he's gone one and three before and still won the division. So you know that, you know, this coach will make adjustments if he can. I mean, he's, he's, he's shown that. Even in the games, they they, they bounced back. They scored four, four – well, there should have been 14, but the kicker missed the kick. They scored 13 points in two minutes to get back in the game against the Redskins. So, you know, they have the the striking power. It's just whether or not, you know, these guys are going to execute consistently. And okay, it's, a, let's, it's a little bit of coaching, but it's more than that. But, you know, high right, expectations let's go got the Miami coach. Sorry, Stacey. Right. I mean, Harbaugh had high expectations. He got fired. I mean, basically he left the team after two 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 seasons removed from the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, 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 but high expectations got the Miami coach fired. He, they're one in three, Miami. And same record as y'all. So Chip Kelly might be in the discussion after all. Well, they had but Miami, Miami but, he, Dolphins. but the but Miami, he was twenty two and twenty four as a coach in Miami. Yeah, you I know, understand he that, had, but this year yeah, coming in, they season. thought that they were gonna be something. But they thought they were gonna be something this year when they came in. Right. Everybody was talking about Miami. And the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but who are you going to replace him with? That's the thing. Who are you going to replace him with? Exactly. I agree with you. Don't get rid of him. Because, All right. I want to move on to the Steelers. How did they do? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. They did, they did terrible. And you know what? I sat here last week and said that the Steelers were going to win. And if it wasn't for their kicker who missed three field goals. <laughs> There's a lot uh, of that going around. There's a lot of that going around. And one in overtime, they would have won the game. And I was very glad to see the day after that game, the Steelers cut their kicker. Okay, and there needs to be more account- more accountability like that. Oh, of course, it didn't help that Mike Vick could you know the, the Mike Vick couldn't get a yard on fourth and one, and the Steelers failed three fourth and one opportunities that could have you know continued. To- Game for them, so I mean, I thought it was just a poor chance. They had a chance to put their rival in the hole, uh, and they didn't do it. And, and clearly, I'm disappointed 
And you know what? I have to tell you something. We're seeing more and more of these, what I call these gut check level games that Mike Tomlin and them just can't get it done. And I'm a Steelers fan. And so, unfortunately, you know, the Steelers stick with their coaches long time. They, they, they don't believe in getting rid of their coaches. They hang on to their coaches a long time. So I don't expect Mike Tomlin to be going anywhere, but it is clearly disappointing sometimes in these games where the Steelers have to win. They don't. Okay, yeah. so um, yeah. you want to make a quick comment, Aguna, quick, quick, quick? Yeah, I mean, Mike Vick, I mean, he, you know, they put it in the quarterback's hands. They tried to put him in a position to 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 make a play on that uh, fourth, well, yeah, on that fourth down, and even that throw, that throw. I mean, Roethlisberger, if Roethlisberger is in there, he easily makes that throw, primarily because oh, he's he hates Michael Vick. But Michael Vick was... <laughs> Michael it's Vick, not that man, he hates you know, Michael Vick. It's that this ain't Michael Vick anymore. This is... This is this is a Michael Vick past his prime. This ain't Michael Vick. Because right, Michael I mean, Vick could have got one. Michael Vick could have got one yard. Yeah, okay? that was that he was uh, got one I mean, yard on fourth and one. And and they knew he was coming. They just lit him up. But uh, see, so and then the kicker situation. I mean, the kicker situation. I mean, these kickers, especially the young ones. Again, you got a lot of kickers that come out of college and they have big legs. But they don't know how to adjust their their kicking style for the stadiums. I mean, that's one of the things that that hurt the Eagles. I mean, Sturgis uh, he kicked outdoors in Miami, perfect conditions. He's kicking in FedEx in hurricane like conditions. He's not going to make those those kicks. And then Scobie, I mean, he should have known better. I don't know what happened with that. I mean, clearly that was. <laughs> I mean, Tomlin not going for it and trying to. I mean, that that was that was a combination of of coaching and poor execution for the kicker. But, yeah, I mean, you're seeing more and more of these kickers costing games, and and that that's a problem. I was impressed with Mike Vick. I thought he played well for what they asked him to do on one day of practice, really, and getting ready for the game. I thought he did really well. He ran when he you had know, he, to. He's not the same, but he's, he did better than a lot of other quarterbacks would in that situation. He only got me 13 fantasy points. <laughs> you used him? <laughs> Who's you yeah. Why? Was everybody else gone? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had Roethlisberger, and so I just went oh, ahead okay. and went with him. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but he did He did better than I thought. I thought he'd be throwing interceptions and fumbling and stumbling and getting hurt, but he he held himself up well. Right. Uh, they would have won the game. If, if the kicker had been better, he would have won his game with them. Right. I mean, that was, right. that was a big game for him. I, I think he'll be better this week, too. Play him if you have to. On any other notable mentions in the league this week? Yes. Um, not about sports. Oh, gosh. Uh, but a notable mention is, I don't know if we, well, uh, Biden. Not that he's going to run, but he's hinting towards it. And he did a report, Politico put out, how he talked about his son, Bo Biden, tried to make him promise that he would run even as he laid on his dying bed with half of his face paralyzed, according to the report. Tried to make his father promise him that he would run because uh, America didn't need another Clinton presidency. Isn't it something? 
Now, I, I thought we were still talking that. sports. I said this is not sports related. Oh, this is sports. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was interesting how uh, Biden himself put that out, and then he tried to retract it today by saying he's not trying to use his son as a political tool. That's all. It was just an okay, we're all message. sitting here with our mouths wide open because we're nowhere near done sports, and you start with politics. Hello. Tracy, you can link that to the guy pushing the ball out of the end zone last night. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. The Detroit guy robbed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but Thank but you. Tom, oh, this my goes goodness. back to Todd. Todd making his own rules and making being a bully and and just like he doesn't want criminals to be punished. You know, there should be some repercussions for Todd not sticking with sports. Yeah, that's right. I think he needs to be muted. Let's look at college football. <laughs> Anything notable um, well, that anyone wants to talk about? Uh, yeah. Well, I think, I, think it's very, I think it's very interesting, the story that came out today, that this boy from UCLA has made a decision to rehab and not play. He's decided to rehab and go straight to the NFL. He's not even going to come back next year following his rehab. And I think this uh I think I think you're going to see because of the money and how big the money is Stacey, I think you're gonna see more of this. You know, these things start out as as little trickles and then they become trends, just like uh when Russell Wilson transferred to Wisconsin uh after he completed his degree but he had another year of eligibility, now you're starting to see this from people who are transferring schools, they got an eligibility left to give themselves more of a chance uh, for exposure in the combine. I think you're going to see more of this. I think you know you're going to see people pull out or sit out and 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 use the year, the time to either rehab or get themselves ready for the combine. It's going to be very interesting. I think you're talking about Miles Jack. Uh, linebacker yes. for UCLA. For UCLA, yes. According to this ESPN.com uh, article, they're saying that, you know, he's a natural. He's just a natural. Few athletes move with a combination of power and grace he displayed as a freshman since becoming the first player in history to win the Pac-12 offensive and defensive freshman of the year. So, you know, that that is incredible, and it sounds like the same thing that's happening with college basketball when the kids leave college basketball and go to the pros. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I see, here's the only thing that I think is wrong, and, and I think that the rules should be changed. If you uh, uh, declare for the draft and you don't get chosen, I think you should have the option of going back to school. I don't think that you should be penalized that if you don't get chosen, all of a sudden now you've got eligibility left, which is gone, and you didn't get chosen by the pros. I don't think you should be left out. The problem there is your money's gone. Once you leave, and that means that slot that you were holding and that money you were holding in scholarship, 
is now freed up for someone else. You can't just go back. But, but, but Stacey, in college basketball, if you don't hire an agent, they let you come back. Well, if you do football. not hire an agent, they let you come back. And everyone, according to this ESPN article, are surprised by his timing of this decision. You know, they're really thinking that, you know, the coach, Jim Mora, said he was surprised by the timing and had to argue with, you know, the young man's rationale. He says, quote, he doesn't see any point in staying in school. He's going to go and get some personal training and rehab. He'll get very in-depth detailed, aggressive, focused rehab and training. He doesn't have to worry about going to school his grades, although he's done well in school. So he's taking his chips and shoving them into the middle, and we hope that he draws a good hand. And he means by poker. You know, and and it becomes, for these kids, the question is, is it all about money? What happened to just getting the education? Because everyone knows, and most NCAA players don't play pro, and then if they play pro in any NCAA sport, they don't play forever. Their careers are limited. So now it sounds like to this young Miles Jack, it's about money. It's not about education. It's not about growth. It's not about, you know, coming out and getting some money. Well, because they're they're in there's a point. I mean, if you can go out there and make your money now, I mean, I, I don't necessarily blame him for going pro. I mean, he can always go back to school. No one's stopping him from going back and getting the education. But, I mean, as far as eligibility to play, yeah, that you're right about the, the scholarship not being there. But if he can go pro, because it's so – I mean, I think it's, like, what, 1% of all of a, all football players make it to the pros? I mean, you actually have a shot at that. You have to take it while you can because you never know. You know, even if yep. you stay in school, you could get hurt. And if and the thing is, college rehab is not like rehab in the pros. I mean, he's going to go and get professional, you know, go through professional rehabilitation, get have you know the best, you know, probably the best he can find from a therapy, um, and and just conditioning coach getting him back in the NFL pro ready shape. Versus you go back to college and you get hurt because they're on the same type of you know, you know, doctors and things like that, so trainers and things like that. So. You got to go and get your shot while you can, and then of course the fallback plan will be just go back because he was already. I mean, he was already. It didn't sound like he he was hurting for grades, so I mean you could always go back and get your education as a plan B. But if you're at that level and you have a shot, you might as well go ahead and take it. That's exactly right. You should. You're right again. Absolutely. I, I don't agree with Listen, that. When you but... got... When you've got so much money in the system today, the Pac-10 has its own TV network, or they either started or they have their own TV network now. The money is so big out there. And now, now unfortunately, Stacey, it's become a business decision. The thing is, is that he's taking, what he's saying is, you know what, I'm going to rehab, and then I'm going to go to the NFL because I'm not going to take another chance and get myself hurt on the college level, and then I can't take advantage or I've lost my big payday or whatever that I could have had a shot at the pros. And it's, it's, it's un- I mean, that's, that's the way the system is today. Again, not everybody's going to play, but with the average football player's career at five years, after five years you become vested in the NFL and you get a pension. So 
So, you know, these guys, they're going to have a life afterwards. And, right, they can go for their They can go back and get their education anytime. I mean, Bo Jackson just got his degree, I think, about five or six, seven years ago after all the years he played at Auburn. You know, Joe Namath just got his degree from Alabama ten years ago. Do you think that they missed the beat without it? I mean, do you think they didn't live a very good life without it? Well, you know, uh, yes, of course they led a good life without with it. And they would not have led the same type of life without it. They would not have had the same opportunities. But, you know, if something happens and it doesn't work out, and I hope it does work out for him, then, you know, he probably will lose a scholarship, and then it's a whole nother ball game. But it sounds like to me this is what he's saying. Listen, he's taking his shot, but, he, but he's only this decision. If it doesn't work out, the only person he's going to be able to point to is is is, in, is himself. And so, you know, once again, these guys are these guys are, are they're taking a chance, but the chance is on them. Like I said, the only thing I disagree with today is that I think people who, if they leave, if they leave, they should, and they don't be drafted. Come back, and I also think that if a if a coach leaves and goes to another and takes another job, you know, without penalty, then I think players, at least from that school, if they came to that school to play for that coach, if they want the option to transfer to another school without sitting out, I think they should be able to. Okay, let's move on to our political portion. Um, now, I don't know if I should start. Let's start with a little funny impression. No, I'm not going to start with Hillary. Let's start with a little um, the Oregon shooting and, and gun control. Let's hear what happened. Our thoughts and prayers to those who went to the community college in Oregon. Another community is waking up in shock after a deadly school shooting. This morning, investigators in southwest Oregon are trying to learn why it happened. Thursday's rampage at Umpqua Community College left 10 people dead and seven wounded. One of the dead is the gunman who was killed during a shootout with police. Survivors and their families say the killer asked people if they were Christians. They would stand up and he said, good, because you're a Christian, you're going to see God in just about one second. And then he shot and killed them. All the victims were in Snyder Hall on the campus in Southwest Oregon. John Blackstone is at the college in Roseburg. John, good morning. Good morning. Well, this campus is now a crime scene, and it's been ordered closed until Monday. The gunman's motive is still unclear, but what is clear is the devastating impact his actions have had on this tight-knit community. Somebody is outside one of the doors, shooting through the doors. We do have one female that has been shot at this time. The first sign of trouble on the Umqua campus was around 1040 Thursday morning. Minutes later, the scope of the shooter's rampage was clear. We have upwards of 20 victims. This student says her teacher heard loud noises in the classroom next door. She said, hey, is everyone okay over there? And then as soon as she said that, multiple shots were fired. And when she turned and she looked at the classroom, the look on her face was horrifying, and that's when I knew something was wrong. There were three more loud bangs, three or 
recognize that those were gunshots. And when she looked at us, she said, we have to get out now. Law enforcement arrived on the scene five minutes after the first 911 call. We do know that we have at least two heroic officers who responded into the building within minutes and exchanged gunfire with the suspect. Seven minutes after police got to the campus, the gunman was dead. The suspect is down. We've got multiple gunshot wounds. We're going to need multiple ambulances on scene. They will live forever in our hearts. Hundreds of people attended a candlelight vigil in Roseburg late Thursday. When you look around and see all this, people it's amazing, amazing to turn out. But this is our community. This is who we are. This is who we are. Not what happened today. Certainly a lot of tears shed at that uh, vigil last night. Oregon's governor has ordered that flags at all state buildings here be flown at half staff until sunset today. Gail? Thank you, John. Okay, I thought some prayers to the family of those victims. Um, I mean, Keith, for this gentleman to say, if you're a Christian, stand up, and you're going to meet God in a few seconds... You know, I, I, I've heard of people not being afraid to stand up for Christ, but this is taking it a little too far, don't you think? Keith? He's probably Googling it. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is uh, that people did stand up. I mean, and obviously they stood up and they were shot anyway. But uh, one good question would have been asked him, if, if you were in your right mind and you're not too afraid, as Christians should not be, uh, what will you say to God when you meet him? That would be the definite question to ask him. Okay, well, it wasn't a dialogue going on. These people were about to die. I know, but I'm just saying. They thought that he would probably, they probably thought that he would be more sympathetic to a Christian as opposed to a Muslim. Todd, will you let him, he's got to finish his point. Let the man finish his point. Thank you. Uh, my point was simply that, you know, Christians, and this is just from a theological, you know, from my understanding, Christians, knowing where they're going, if you are truly a Christian, you're not afraid to die. Now, there, there is still that fear that comes over, but, you know, ultimately we know as Christians where we're going to end up. Oh, my question would right. be to him, my question would be to him and all the other unbelievers is, well, what will you say when you meet God? So there you go. Okay, let's hear what the organ shooter's father had to say. I'm not going to play much of this, but let's hear what he had to say. The organ shooter's father. You said you're hurting not only for what's going on in your family, but obviously for those other families that have been impacted. Absolutely. Um, it has been, as I said before, devastating for me and my family. Um, but we're not alone in this. My heart goes out to all the other families that were affected by this and uh, I know words will not bring your families back and I know that nothing I can say can change what happened but please believe me my thoughts are with all of those families and I hope that they can get through this um, and you talked before you, you, you said you're just really at a, at a loss for words when it comes to something like this I mean there's so many questions that obviously someone can ask you but you really said you don't have an answer for them. Well, sometimes you try to find the right words, and, and there really isn't. There are, there's nothing I can really say and find the right words. It's just 
sometimes this overwhelming and you know trying to understand how it could happen it's just it's incredible I mean I'm at a lot loss for words right now even um, you, you told me before you, you didn't want to talk too much about yourself obviously because you're, you're going through so much pain but you also realize that people are going to remember him differently now forever he'll always be remembered for what he did on Thursday I know that um, I can't change that at the moment, um, I'm just leaving up to the police to do their investigations as to, you know, his his history and everything in his background. And I'm sure they will announce what they find, all in good cause. Right now, um, I'm just going to leave it up to them. Um, the only the only thing I would like to say, the question that I would like to ask is, is is how on earth could he compile 13 guns? How can that happen? You know, they talk about gun laws. They talk about uh, gun control. Every time something like this happens, they talk about it, and nothing is done. I'm not trying to say that that's to blame for what happened, but if Chris had not been able to get a hold of 13 guns, it wouldn't have happened. That's a very powerful statement coming from you. So now I have to ask you the idea: How did he get the? Okay, so he got a hold of these 13 guns legally. How did that happen, Stephen? I believe they were his mom's guns, but they, but let's say he bought them legally. That can happen. You you have a legal right to buy guns, and that's that's a fine thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Very few people are going to use these guns in a bad way. It, it yeah. seems to happen all the time, but it is very, very rare. And when it comes to somebody... I know Christians, and you, some people are more Christian than other Christians. Some people are the most truest believers, but I think all Christians in that situation, they don't need to be a martyr. They need to fight for life. They need to fight for the lives of the others there. And sometimes it's like that man did and got shot seven times trying to help them. I don't think answering that you're a Christian is, is, a, is a good thing. I guess it does make you a martyr, but it is really suicidal, and it makes you kind of useless to the ones that are there because I would – I would first ask him what his religion is, maybe throw him off, maybe get somebody else. Don't know how close these people were to him, but you try to do something about it. To, to maybe you can save a life, like that guy tried. That's where my, that's where I would. If you asked me, I said I'm Buddhist, I'm whatever. You know what you are is inside you. You don't have to tell anybody what your religion is, and just to get shot, I don't. I just don't think that's the right thing to do. If the guy before you get shot because he says he's a Christian, or if he says he's a Muslim, or if he says he's Hindu, and he gets shot, and then it's coming to you. And it's not about being scared. It's really about being suicidal. And if I give advice to any Christian, just say, hey, you know, I am what I am, whatever I am. It's just not worth it dying because you're worth more here now. It's just my okay. opinion on it. Maybe, yeah. yeah All right, let's see. Wait, wait. Let's see what Chris Obama had to say. There's been another mass shooting in America, this time in a community college in Oregon. That means there are more American families, moms, dads, children, whose lives have been changed forever. That means there's another community stunned with grief and communities across the country forced to relieve their own anguish and parents across the country who are scared because they know it might have been their families or their children. 
In the coming days, we'll learn about the victims, young men and women who were studying and learning and working hard, their eyes set on the future, their dreams on what they could make of their lives. And America will wrap everyone who's grieving with our prayers and our love. Our thoughts and prayers are not enough. It's not enough. It does not capture the heartache and grief and anger that we should feel. And it does nothing to prevent this carnage from being inflicted someplace else in America. Somehow this has become routine. The reporting is routine. My response here at this podium ends up being routine. The conversation in the aftermath of it, we've become numb to this. This is a political choice that we make. To allow this to happen every few months in America. We collectively are answerable to those families who lose their loved ones because of our inaction. May God bless the memories of those who were killed today. May he bring comfort to their families and courage to the injured as they fight their way back. And may he give us the strength to come together and find the courage to change. Thank you. Okay, Cousin Todd, I'm going to give this one to you. You heard our president, and he basically stated, it's our fault, political choices we made, and the cowardness. He didn't say these words, but I'm thinking he's saying these words. The cowardness, cowardness that we as a people have um, allowed these things to happen in terms of uh, legislation, in terms of gun control. We're not the only country in the world who has guns that our citizens have, but other countries aren't having the same problems we're having. So the president came out pretty strong, Todd. He said those things, and what does that mean to you? What what change are you going to do to make sure this doesn't happen to to someone else in the future? Well, I'm not going to make any changes because it's not up to me to make the changes. I've made those changes. Of course you will. What, what changes did you make? What he's talking about is the fact that the NRA has this supposed control over Congress. And really, it's a myth that people buy into, that if you go against them, you're alienating 47% of Americans. And no, you're not. Because nobody has challenged them in the federal level. Nobody has challenged them. Uh The only person who halfway challenged them was George W. Bush, the father, when he resigned his membership after one of these shootings. And they had called people that were protesting them uh, thugs. He resigned. So what what the president is saying is something I have told Angela back when Andrew was on the show years ago, background checks are crucial. They should happen. And then her response was, well, these people were mentally ill. 
That's the point. Background check should be difficult, not easy. To get a driver's license is difficult, not easy. There should be a mental evaluation done before you are allowed to have a gun. That's ridiculous. The same thing is done that's with ridiculous. police officers. That's, that's ridiculous. Okay. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Because just, this is just, coming hey, from... Just because oh, somebody gosh. is evil... And you want to say it's I, mental illness. Listen, listen, what is it? 99% listen, of people I, with a mental illness do not commit crimes. They do not hurt can people. You, 99% let me finish, of them. Let me finish okay, what ahead. I'm saying, and then you can rebut it any kind of way you want. Getting a license to have a gun, carry a gun, should not be easy, just like getting a driver's license. They should be put through a mental background check, and that's the bottom line. And had it been done originally... This would be old hat. It would be not a non-issue. But the fact that police officers have to get mentally evaluated before they are able to carry a gun, and you don't, there's something wrong before, with the concept. <laughs> but not before you get a driver's license, you don't have to take a mental test, which a lot of people probably should. It doesn't help anything. No test or no background okay. check would have stopped this man from buying a gun. You can't stop it like that. The only thing you can do is confiscate everybody's guns. If you want to, if you want to stop, see, all you see, I'm extreme. Now he's talking about confiscating people. everybody's guns. I said That's today. That's the only solution to this problem. Uh, this to this guy, there was oh no gosh. law that he broke. He had can no I history of my solution. Of, uh, and you mental come up with yours. Well, wait a minute. I he said. had no. He had. He had no history of mental illness. But you want to give you want to give a mental illness test now? He had no criminal yes. record. He can buy guns. Can. It wouldn't have stopped this part. It wouldn't have stopped this That's what you think. You think it wouldn't have stopped. But if you have to be evaluated mentally before you are able to have a gun, most of these people would not have guns because I can tell a crazy person in five minutes flat. Yeah, and we can tell you, Todd, when you look in the mirror. Let me ask David. (laughs) David. Um, the president was pretty stern. He was pretty. He sounds like he's just good and fed up and sick of the American people and this gun situation. Can he do something about it? Uh, no, I don't think he can. I don't think unilaterally he can. I think he's done all that he can, uh, and he continues to speak from the bully pulpit. But I, I, uh, I agree with I, I just, cousin Todd. I disagree with with cousin Todd in this sense is that the NRA does have a lot of power in this country over elected officials because elected officials refuse to take them on. Um, If you remember a couple years ago, not a couple years ago, maybe 12 years ago, when Jim Florio ran for re-election as governor of New Jersey, and he tried to take the NRA on, and the NRA decided to take him on, and they single-handedly helped. It wasn't the only issue, but they helped to cause his downfall, his re-election as governor of New Jersey. Uh, NRA is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a powerful force. Uh, plus, the other thing is, is the whole constitutionality of what does the Second Amendment really mean, and there's, some, there's, there's still some uh, interpretation on both sides. What I will say is this, and I've said this before, the 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 beginning or the history of gun control laws in this country were set up to take guns out of the hands of African Americans. Exactly. Because 
after the Civil War, white men, a white man's nightmare was to see free slaves with guns. So, you know, you have to look at the the whole thing, the the whole thing in this country, gun control laws were set up for us not to have guns. And And that was the bottom uh, line. Can can you comment on what the, I said that you have should be mentally evaluated before on. getting a gun? No, no. Do you I agree with that on. or not? I don't. I, 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 I don't see Todd. Uh, let me let me quickly say this, Stacey. Although that is laudable, Todd, I don't see how you can get that done without bogging down the system. You well, know, I mean, it's, it's easy to say. Hey, you should go through a mess because police officers do go because we give police officers the power of life and death out there on the street. But I don't see how you can make that happen without bogging down the system. If every single person has to go through that, that would be like if everybody decides to contest the traffic ticket. The whole system would collapse. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe that's what what the left wants. They want the system to collapse and nobody can keep going. Well, I was just going to say. Go ahead, Aguna. Go ahead, Aguna. Okay, I was going to say, even if you have a background check, you, there's an assumption, especially on the far left, that, you know, criminals will try to follow the law to get the, a gun. A criminal is not going to follow the law to get a gun. He's going to go and do illegal means to get a gun if he really wants to get a gun. I mean, you're 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 trying to – the assumption is that, you know, that's background check will prevent someone from getting a weapon. It may slow them down, but if someone's committed to doing something, especially a crime, all you end up doing is really hindering people who want to obtain weapons legally from getting it. Now, if there's one thing if you're How trying to make How is that the case, hindering them? Because you're, you're, you're giving them another, uh, you're, you're, you're making some more bureaucracy to the whole obtaining of a weapon. I mean, I, granted that, hey, I have no problem getting a, having a mental evaluation for getting a gun, but that that prevented it. I mean, many of these mass shootings are, some of the guns have been obtained illegally. So it's not necessarily, you know, you don't want to stop law-abiding citizens from getting weapons. You're not. And then, you're not stopping anything. You just don't get a mental evaluation and you pick up your gun, that's all. All it, all it takes is a decision to turn a good gun good gun owner into a bad one. I mean, all it takes is a decision. All it takes is one decision. And a history of mental health or non-history of mental health doesn't, it won't necessarily detect that. I can just, you know, you can go out, you can go out there today and decide to make that bad decision and you go on a, a, a ramp. It could be triggered by anything. So that won't necessarily be picked up in a mental health evaluation either. So to David's point. Well, I don't know about that. Bad. Other things may be picked up in a mental health evaluation, not necessarily that that person is going to go out and shoot someone, but there are other uh, indicators that the person has some sort of possible psychosis or some other sort of depression or anxiety or other types of things that may indicate that there is something wrong, not necessarily, like you said, that they're going to go shoot a gun, but you know that there's something not right. But let me hear it from there are other things that can trigger anxiety outside of. I mean, anxiety yeah. can be triggered by a number of things. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Let me hear from Keith. Keith, let's. You know, this is an amendment. This is a constitutional right. 
how do you balance someone's constitutional right with the public interest of not, you know, being subjected to this type of terrible, terrible, terrible carnage? Well, uh, I think, first of all, the majority of Americans, I believe, uh, still uh, favor the Second Amendment and uh, the ownership of a gun and the easiest way to get a gun. I don't think that that, that the majority of Americans are against guns. Uh, that's the only easiest a, way to get a gun? gun. Uh, but I do believe, I do believe that you know, we are neglecting the one argument that I think that the founders made, and that is the right to self-defense. The right of, in other words, uh, Jesus. Let me give you an example in the Bible. Jesus, before the they came to uh, arrest him, if you look at um, uh, Luke 22, chapter 22, Steve, and you'll see where Jesus said. Um, when I went out before, you didn't carry a purse, you didn't carry money, and, uh, you know, Jesus provided for them, and they didn't carry a sword. But he said, now, go and buy a sword. And uh, one of the apostles said, here are two swords, Lord. And and the Lord said, that'll be enough. So, in other words, God, uh, the Lord, Jesus, armed, he told those uh, disciples to arm themselves and uh, with a sword before he was taken and arrested which tells you something. He is not against arming the people who are law-abiding citizens. So right. protecting yourself is the first law of nature, self-preservation. And that means that we should be able to protect ourselves against that. If there was somebody there with a gun, uh, that two or three people or one person, they had a chance they could have killed that man before he killed as many people as he did. And the same with exactly. every other shooter. So I just believe that that is a great ter- uh, deterrent, that uh, people who are law-abiding citizens should be allowed to carry and they should be properly trained. So that is something that we never look at. We always want You're to right, look Steve. at, oh, let's make a bunch of laws, more laws uh, on the books so that people can, what? And Aguna was right. You know, there's not going to. Nobody's going to abide by the law who's try, who intends to go out and kill people. So, you know, that's the whole thing. They never look at that side of it, that we need they to arm teach, ourselves and defend ourselves. They used to teach gun so safety in schools. you do not agree that people should be mentally evaluated before they get a gun? Yes or no? Well, look, sir, as far as evaluation, mm-hmm. I agree with Steve's argument. Look, should I be mentally evaluated with a car? How many people are killed by cars okay. and auto accidents? So I right. think that is a no. You know the answer exactly. to that, sir. You know I mean, the answer. We got hit and run. We got. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Does anybody know I that? Can, How many I mean, people are killed in cars? Oh, a lot. A lot. A lot more than So here's Thank the thing, Ty. You can be mentally. Right. I can be mentally evaluated today, and pass in flying colors. Then I can yep. go to a. Dramatic experience or something like that. I mean, you know, women, women yeah. go through depression after pregnancy. You know, I could yeah. lose my job. I can. There's any number of things that can trigger uh, uh, yeah. some type of episode in my psyche to go out and do something that wouldn't right. have been detected. There's no test that you can run. So I'm not saying that that's the reason why we shouldn't do it. But I mean, it's you know, you you're you're sitting here making a case for that, but there's really no way to Absolutely. prevent that. There is. There's no, there there's is. no, way, to, there's no way to do it. For example, this is what I, had, I told a friend of mine when he had a fit about this woman being beat up by her, her husband and she was beaten put in the hospital. I said to him, hey, calm down. Stay out of that because this isn't the first time. 
just like I know that for a fact, that that wasn't the first time. There's a push, a slap, a hit before there's a complete beat up where your face is broken in half. So I know that people don't go from sane and just happy-go-lucky to murdering in the tens. So, no, there isn't something that could happen okay. that just triggers you. No, you were psychotic <laughs> when you got there. All right. All right. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. It's more we're evil. Time, I, I would like to see the data that's important. But I'd like okay, to do the roundtable a little different. This roundtable, I want to go around and have you all, you can continue the discussion, but you ask whomever you choose to ask one question and let them rebut, and then we'll go to the next person. Let's start with Keith. So, for instance, Keith, you can ask one person a question. They can answer, and Keith can rebut one time. That's it. And then you start with the next person that Keith started. So, Keith, we'll start with you. Okay, chaos. Keith? Keith, that's you. And you're going to ask me what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't hear you. And I'm glad I can't. Yeah. My question is to Todd. Of course it is. What did you Google, Keith? Todd, if um, this gentleman had been shooting people at random, telling them to stand up, Wait a minute. If this person was shooting people at random, go on from there. I need phones muted. I can't hear. I hear a lot of noise or something. Me too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. All I wanted, let me start over. If that person who did the shooting, if that person asked someone to stand up and say whether they're Christian or not, and suppose that person stood up, had a gun, and opened fire on him. Is it possible that, that a scenario like that could happen? Would not have happened. That's a good uh, question, um, uh, which would be surprising for you. But, um, yes, then somebody would have shot him, and that would have been that. But everybody didn't carry guns to school. So had those people, had there been, and I'm not trying to be shady here, but if there were some black people in there, they would have attacked him, and so he wouldn't have had the opportunity to go around asking everybody that question. Just like when, uh, excuse me. How do they be black? Because black people don't sit around and take that kind of stuff. Uh, Because they know they're going to die, so they're going to get you first. Oh, and that's, what, that's, true, that's, that's what they shady. did. That's what they did in South Carolina, right, Todd? Yeah, no, no, no. They didn't do that in South Carolina because they were so-called Christians, and they thought, like you think, they're supposed to stand up and say, uh, "Yes, I'm a Christian, and I'm ready no, to say don't do that, Todd. Todd, I, I advise people not to do that, Todd. I wouldn't do that. I know, I know that. But my that. point is. Had there been black men in the room and some black women who weren't uh, brainwashed into this fake Christianity submissive behavior, then that guy would have been killed himself by the hands of those people. But uh, Christianity... Christians are not submissive. Oh, gosh. They they are submissive. That's part of Christianity. That was the brainwashing, was to make you submit. He does not submit. 
Okay, wait a minute. You are not going by the rules. The rules are. Okay, and it's a lot of background were, noise I'm hearing. That's, I think that's somebody's phone, but the rules were Keith asked someone Sorry. a question. The question answer it, and Keith rebut it, and then we go on to the next person, which would be Todd. So, Keith, did you rebut what Todd had to say? No, yeah, not really, but I, I just wanted to say that uh, all that noise I'll keep hearing in the background, but uh, we, the thing I was going to say was that uh, people have a right to themselves, and if others had done, then that would have been the likelihood of someone being able to get him before he got the others would have been more likely. That's all I was saying. Okay, right. thank you. Now, Todd, Todd, you ask one person a question. They respond, and you rebut it. So, Todd, who you choose? Okay, you're coming up with these silly rules, but all right. I'll choose, um, I'll choose. Why don't you uh, choose uh, uh, your best friend, um, David? Okay, I'll choose David. David, okay. how dare you disagree with me about uh, a mental background <laughs> check? That tells me something about you right there. That's a great idea as a start, as a starting point. And do not be confused by a goon's nonsensical babble about, uh, if I just had a breakdown and I lost my job, that doesn't happen. Where's your question? World, Where's your question, Todd? Where's your question? Wait, that, that doesn't I'm happen. I'm asking it. Where's your question? I'm, I'm asking it. Okay, so I'm asking the question. Why okay, would you go against that as a starting point for uh, 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 the safety of Americans, go. I think, well, it's, I, I, I would go against it because I think it would bog down the system. I don't think it's necessary. And so what? I think, I think, I don't think it's necessary. I think that that you're in, intruding on, uh, first of all, criminals, Second again, amendment, right? you're depending on criminals to follow the rules. They're not going to follow the rules. Secondly, yeah. There are a lot of, I think it's an intrusion into people's personal and private lives where it's not necessary. And uh, number, not necessary. Number, three, I, number, number three, I think that we have plenty of laws on the books now that we don't enforce that if we continue, if we enforce the laws that are on the books, we will get a lot of this. We won't get all of it. We, we won't nearly get all of it. But I think we will get most of it. The fact of the matter is this young man didn't break any laws, okay, he, uh, so far that we know. We don't know if he was mentally unbalanced or whether he had a grudge against authority or laws. Listen, a lot of us have grudges. We just don't act on them. You know, I got grudges against people. I just don't go and buy a gun and take, take it out on them. I take either other means or I just get over it. So I, that's why I don't I don't agree with uh, that everyone should have a, a mental health evaluation. evaluation. Okay, now let me rebut that. Um, I don't care if it will bog down the system. I am uninterested. What I am interested in is saving lives. And so when the system gets bogged down, that means not as many guns are being sold to criminals. And that point you were trying to make about criminals going around the law, that's not all I would do. After I get this gun, uh, this law that says you have to be mentally evaluated, well, in that, you have to own your own gun. So if somebody steals your gun, you're responsible. Like, for example, your children or take your gun and go out and kill people. You're responsible. You should have had that gun locked away. So 
so all of these rules in place would stop this mess because you know you're going to get blamed for it. Now, nobody seems to mind that they go extreme on these drug laws where there's mandatory sentences. So I say go just as extreme on these gun laws where there's mandatory sentences for somebody getting killed by your gun, even though you didn't do the killing. So if you get robbed, that's your fault. Yes. Your gun should be locked away. Did you hear what I said? So if you get robbed. Yes. If you get robbed, what? And they take that gun and they commit a crime and kill someone, I should be responsible even though I was... was, Wait a minute. How did they take the gun that's locked away? How did they get that? It's locked away. You shouldn't lock away your gun. There any number of... Because you have a gun doesn't mean you 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 can use it. They just breaking your car and steal it. it was locked away. They could break in your house, steal it. There's a all number of. I mean, there's a. I understand it. There you are breaking the. You're breaking the rules like. Okay. The okay. All right, all right. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought. Yeah, I thought I was just supposed to listen while Todd went on, and that was it. Okay, so. It's my turn. I have a question. I have a question for Keith. Keith, uh, according to my intel and what I'm hearing, I know that you're a Ted Cruz fan, and what I'm hearing is that Ted Cruz and Donald Trump are working together to squeeze out Jeb Bush. Do you agree with that? Well, uh, I don't. I don't mind. I don't disagree. No. <laughs> no way. It's okay with me. <laughs> If that's true. Okay, well, I, I I personally think that from my intel, I would not be surprised if they're working together because I think Cruz has made a tactical decision that he thinks if Donald Trump gets the nomination, he and Trump are in a right. mutual admiration yes. pact so he can team up with Trump. as well, 
and the more people who get to know guns and they don't fear them ignorantly and they know how to use them, then we will have less problems like this because these random crazy people that pop out of nowhere would not have the guts to go in here and, and shoot at people that they think might know what they're doing with guns. Guns are not the problem. The problem is every now and then you get a psychotic person like the one who ran through the barrier and could have killed people with this car. That happens sometimes. And sometimes people shoot people. So do you agree with me, Aguna, about my question, should they teach gun safety in school the way they used to do years ago in the 50s where and then back then we didn't have these shootings? Do you think that's a, a possible situation that we could look into? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, do anything. You can have any training that you want anytime. There should be some, I think there should be more training and more awareness. And I think the NRA should sponsor, I, mean, I think they do that's in a lot I'm of saying. sense, but they should do more of that. Yeah. I mean, they, so the one of the NRA things that, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I, I think part of the, and that's part of you, I mean, those who know the NRA, that's a lobbying group about, you know, yeah, they do a lot of lobbying. They're very, they're very powerful. But they also do a lot of outreach when it comes to gun awareness and things like that. So, yeah, I, I agree in the sense that you don't want to necessarily take guns away from people who use them as a hobby, who are law-abiding citizens and who are using it for protection, things of that nature. But there needs, right. uh, you know, there there needs to be some type of enforcement of the laws we currently have to the best of our ability, and also, you know, I to a certain extent I agree with when it comes to prosecution of people who violate those laws. I mean, there needs to be some type of, I mean, uh, you know, if someone steals your gun or your your child takes your gun without you aware of it, even if it's locked up under fences. But at the same time, you know, there should be some liability associated with, you know, a gun only, you know, where it's feasible. I mean, that's kind of, if I get robbed and then someone uses yeah. it, yeah, if I get robbed a crime or if I get, you know, carjacked or something like that and then I have a, I have a gun locked up in the trunk, my target's going up on the trunk, they take the gun and they call use a, use it in a crime, you know, Who's going to adjudicate whether or not I was responsible? Okay. Who's going to? All right. Can you right. can so, we anyway. let Stephen respond? Yeah, go can ahead. You finish up and let Stephen respond. Rebut. I'm done. Ahead, yeah, Stephen. just just real quick. Yeah, we are, we pretty much agree, and I think that that the NRA members, I don't I don't think they're you can find many of them that have committed crimes. I think they're good, decent, honest, law-abiding people. And they want to be there to help somebody, you know, to save somebody's life or save their life. If they have, Hillary said, go after uh, the gun manufacturers, anything like that. That's just old, stupid politics that, that she thinks is going to get her elevated, and it, that's that's crazy. Or to go after, say, if, if my nephew steals a gun from me and then come after me, to me that's crazy. The person who does the perpetration is the person who's in trouble. I don't care if they use my car, my gun, my toothbrush. Well, he's my dead. Gun. He's dead, and right. so are twelve other people. Now what? Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Aguna, you have the last. Oh, question. so I'll make I right, last question to Stephen. What do you think the final is the eagle? The be. So, <laughs> I, I give you my prediction. You give me yours. Okay. So, it's all said and done. What's going to be? 
what is what are our records going to be? You brought yeah. that. Who's going to win this division? That's division. the question. What's the record going to be? The Giants. The Giants. The Giants are going to win the division. I told a I told a guy before so. the Buffalo. No, I told a guy before the Buffalo game. You got to look at it. Every four years they won the Super Bowl. It was forty-five to one. I told this guy. I said, "Look, we got to make a bet." He's too scared to make a bet. And I said, "Come on, let's do anything. Ten dollars. It doesn't matter. Let's put a bet on it." He didn't want to do it, and it's it was forty-five to one. They just beat Buffalo. They're they're on track to win. I, I say it ain't so. I wish it wasn't so. It's not my head talking. It's just if you follow all the patterns, it looks like the Giants are going to win this year, the Super Bowl. No doubt about it. Mm. They they every four years they win, and they have a lot of guys that are coming back. They're playing well. They have a Eli Manning is a decent quarterback, but we'll be fighting for maybe a. <laughs> I want to optimistically say a wild card, but I can't really. And Dallas won't be there either. It's just going to be the Giants on top. What I think. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I still I still hold out hope that the Eagles will somehow go on a seven and one, you know, games, and you know, dang, even if they go seven and one, they was that eight and four. Oh Jesus! Can you beat New Orleans? <laughs> we're gonna make, I think we're gonna win the East. No oh, man. <laughs> I think it's gonna be the East. I don't see you beat New Orleans. I don't see you beat New Orleans this week. So that's that's bad. Yeah. Please, if we don't beat New Orleans, then we're really done. But well, they you know, beat, so. they beat Dallas. Yeah, but Dallas. I'm glad about that. <laughs> we. Oh my God! I can't. It's yeah. They had Wheaton, even though Wheaton beat us. <laughs> but it, you need to bring bring in Sanchez. Going. You got to bring in Sanchez. Give him a chance. At least he's mobile. That'll be Sam Bradford. But Sam Bradford's not going to run at all. He didn't have the knees to run, so they know he's not going to run. So he doesn't have that. You have to have even Ben Roethlisberger has a little bit of that. But this guy has none. Even Tom Brady will run a little bit. Have to. This guy's not going to run. He doesn't scare anybody in that way. So it keeps people up, and it's. It's. I mean, unless people go back, so it, it hurts he, them. He's, he's hurts them. Okay. He'll play four quarters. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's yep. true, too. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Good, We're out good of luck. time. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need that luck, right? We're out of time. Um, to our first responders in our community, you make our lives livable. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all the women. Any Facebook friends? Uh, I, I can't get that yet. Um, now, to, to thanks to our women and men of the U.S. military, for all that you do in sacrificing your lives so that we are free to say what we choose on the show. On behalf of Aguna, the Nigerian model Republican, Keith, the constitutional conservative, Stephen, David from Bird's Eye Government Consulting, and my cousin Todd, I'm Stacey Johnson. Thank you for joining us. Let's keep the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook at Spoilatics. Good night. Uh-huh.